What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the L.A. sports scene. The Dodgers have just won the World Series. We touch on the NFL with Cam Newton, Trevor Lawrence, and Antonio Brown signing with Tampa Bay. We'll also discuss the NBA and some possible scenarios concerning new coach hires and new GMs or new basketball operation managers. So just make sure that you tune into this week's episode, guys. Thank you so much. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. Man, a couple days closer to throwing this whole year in the trash. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Uh, as we witnessed another crown of a sports team uh, this past week. What's going on with you guys? Yeah, doing well. It's it's fall. Leaves are falling. Winter, you know, temperature is changing. Um, it's been rainy weather. It's damn near depressing. <laughs> Quite ideal for what has been going on in the world of sports, um, especially if anybody except for an L.A. fan. Um, I can see the depression being right there. <laughs> or Tampa. Or Tampa. There you go. True. But yes, yes. Matter of fact, any, any Florida um, team at this stage, the way they, the way it's been at this stage. Mm, the Heat, the Heat show they ass, obviously, and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won their Stanley Cup, and of course the LA Dodgers captured the World Series crown last night in a thrilling fashion in a three to one ball game. Uh Tampa Bay and Blake Snell was throwing a masterful, masterful game up until the sixth inning and then until he gave up a hit. And the manager just, without question, pulled my boy, using them their analytics, stating that when Blake Snell goes to the lineup for the first night, for the first uh, for the first nine hitters, ERA is like a little bit above two. The second time, the ERA is above three. But the third time, the ERA balloons up above six. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, let's go ahead and pull this man before he go ahead and blows it. And lo and behold, they bring in a reliever, and he goes. So <laughs> sometimes you just got to trust your gut and just let the man go. And then if he blows it, so be it. But that's how the cookie crumbles. And we crown another... LA team as champion. Uh, so what do you guys think? You got the Lakers last week or the week before. or, or I guess it was last week because they, they won on a Sunday. Saturday. A week Sunday. and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. And now you got the Dodgers uh, coming through with their championship. So all in all, it's, it's all about the LA summer. So, so what do you guys think about what's going on here? <laughs> I guess that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> my, my depressed look is, is, is very telling, I take it. Um, I'll put it like this. And I'm only going to keep this simple. Um, the money that they paid for this team, they should have won. Because like you said, it's championship or bust. 
Um, at the end of this day, at the end of this age, they had the most the most expensive team in this league. So yes, they by all counts purposes they should have won. Step away would have won this with the least amount of on the payroll with the players that they have. They would have won it. That's would have been the whole talk um, of this series. Um, so I say this. I'm only gonna say kudos again to LA. Um, I'm not happy about it to be honest because I would preferred uh, Tampa to win. But it is what it is. The best team won. The most expensive team won. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to tip your hat to the um, the Dodgers. I mean, um, you know, they, as Al said, the more, more expensive payroll this year won. Um they did everything right, you know. You know, Kershaw now has his has his uh has a championship chip, so he's a made man. Um, Mookie Betts has another one. <laughs> you know, the Boston Red Sox was feeling some kind of way, and he and he put on a show in a few of those games. Um, and, and yes, you know that you don't want to overshadow a lot of things that happened in that game, but um, yeah, the decision to pull Snell, you know, by cash. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be debated and that's going to be talked about, you know, for, you know, years to come. I'm right. It's, you know, analytics would say that you want to pull your pitcher out the inning early than an inning too late. And maybe he could have left Snell in there for another inning to shore it up. Um, but he pulled him looking at the analytics and maybe not going with his gut. And like you said, the reaver came in there and as soon as he came in there, there it is. And he, you know, and the Dodgers broke it up wide open. So um, it's it, it's the analytics will, you know, that's the the, um, the name of the league. It's, it's the analytics um, league right about now. And that's how teams are being constructed. That's how teams are playing. You're playing the averages. You're playing that this person could, you know, you know, play a certain amount of innings. And then after that, you know, his averages, you know, his ERA goes down. So it's just, it's a numbers game. But it's, games, it's game seven. You play your gut. Um, but we can second guess cash all, you know, all day we want. Um, if they would have left him another inning and he would have, you know, let a couple of, you know, homers or runs go, then they would have been crucifying cash about, well, why didn't you get Snell out there, you know, an inning earlier? So it's a damned if you do, damn if you don't situation. He pulled the trigger. Unfortunately, it blew up in his face and, you know, Tampa, Tampa Bay couldn't, you know, recover, but. Let's go off to the Dodgers. They did their thing. Um, but Justin Turner, I guess we got to get into that. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. You, you mentioned that because baseball had just touted they went 59 days without a, a positive test. Uh, so I guess there was no day 60. <laughs> thankfully, the se- thankfully, the series ended when it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, got it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you have to credit, you know, overall, you know, the league for at least being able to start the season. And we all saw in the beginning with the, you know, the case with the St. Louis Cardinals, the Florida Marlins, you know, everybody thought that it might not, you know, it might get shut down. You know, I guess Ace, you know, we always talked about they're going to push it through no matter what, because once you start, you don't want to stop because you might not be able to restart it again. And so, I mean... Once they got, you know, their ducks in a row and people realized how serious this was, 
No positive cases. They got the playoffs going. They got the they got the World Series crowned the champion. And goddamn it, Justin Turner. My thing is, how does he even get on the field? Number one, because my assumption is is that I don't know how the chain of events went, but I'm assuming that you get tested before every game or tested, you know, early in the day before the game starts. You should be able to get your results back the results back before your game at night, which means if you tested positive, you shouldn't have been out there to begin with. But then they're going to yank him in inning six. And then he comes back out there with a mask. He takes a picture. Nobody stopped him. The Dodgers didn't stop him. People are saying, why didn't you stop him? Well, shit, at this point, he was already positive for four for six innings. Right. That's What's the day. point now? What's the point now? Exactly. Forget the innings with the, in the entire day. Yeah. So... <laughs> Everybody say, oh, you should have had him out there. The cat was out the damn bag by this particular point now. They've been sitting out there with the man without a mask for six, for six innings. Well, shoot, what's the – at this particular point, you might as well let him out celebrate. <laughs> That's what I'm – Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, that was my whole thing. Like, and I don't think people realize the whole scenario – um, the beginning aspect of it, the fact that he was already around these players way before all this came about. So I think that this was more of the fans not knowing before they can criticize. But like you said, like he was already with them at this stage. He's already spent time with them, you know, without the mask. So at the end of the day, this picture that he took, you know, it was just a combination of what he already been through throughout that day. So it's not like they can't, it was going to go away and then it's going to reactivate. No, he was with them that whole entire time. So the whole criti criti the, the criticizing of him not wearing a mask, going in, celebrating, all that stuff is mute at this point. And people need to realize that, that this was already happening before him. So I don't have a problem with it at this stage. But the bigger question is to prevent a possible... I'm not going to say an outbreak, but to prevent possible hot spots flaring up in areas where a possible flare-up won't be, will the Dodgers organization isolate these jokers for 14 days knowing that he tested positive for COVID before they all disembark and go home? Because... <laughs> Bottom line is, I don't know if you saw some of the babies that were out there being carried around, family members that were there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you pretty much got to quarantine all of them. Mm -hmm. But will but the they? Question I have is, yeah, that's going to be your. That's going to be the main question because I'm pretty sure that they're going to have some type of parade down the road. So the question is that are they going to quarantine and wait? until and then do throw the parade or are they going to actually have the parade continuing with these people that are already tested positive so i'm very curious to see how they're going to respond to that because at the end of the day you know the fans is going to want their parade you know same thing that they did with the lakers and everything like that so the question is now becomes when are they going to do it or how long is it going to take or if they're going to do it um after they self-quarantine so it's going to be interesting to see they did have a parade for the Lakers. Semi parade. I thought they had. A, I thought oh, they had a celebration. They, 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 oh, they did. They, the fans. The fans were out there doing them, but the. the, oh. the oh. okay. But now, I, but I'm, I'm thinking they'll do a joint one now. 
it just makes sense. Whenever they decide to have a parade, you might as well just do both of them at the same time. But by that time, do you think, I mean, but if they're doing a joint one, it's going to be somewhere down the road where I'm pretty sure that the NBA season is going to automatically start um, because it's going to be next month in talks. Um, baseball season is going to be right back around the corner. So eventually, because of everything being so subject to change. So the question I have is, is that how, how long is it going to be if they do it? Because they're going to have to push to get that through, I'm assuming, because fans are going to want it. Well, at this particular point, with 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 um, Turner out there, you know, testing positive, and now you got to worry about everybody else. Cast that was in the dugout, people's on the field. If you could probably scratch a, <laughs> you could probably scratch a, a parade. True, true. And if I'm if I'm one of the Los Angeles Lakers, and you saw what just happened out there on that field, and you know you got the season coming up in about another. Well, was going to start this thing about pre-Christmas. I ain't trying. To be, I ain't trying to be around them. <laughs> <laughs> they hot right now. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm, we good. <laughs> Yo, did you see the people for, uh, outside yesterday? Not outside yesterday, but uh, the fans in LA. How they were celebrating yesterday in LA? Uh, no, I did not. Dude, them jokers are out there. Some are mad. Some not. Jumping, hugging, celebrating, doing donuts in the road. I mean, I get it. You're happy. You're ecstatic. It's been since 1988 since the Dodgers won a World Series. I get that. But, you know, I understand that sports takes, you know, watching sports takes your mind off of the daily stresses and BS of life. But you can't be that irresponsible knowing that shit is still still real out there. You know, Jokers is still dying from this crap. You know, they, they may not talk about the deaths like they were talking about it, five, you know, four months ago. But Jokers is still dying from this. And to be out there celebrating the way they were, semi-mask-wearing folks, yeah, that's this real ruckus on the city of L.A. I just, I hope and pray that it's not as bad as a situation where I think it can go due to COVID, but restaurant owners and people, you just, you got to be a little bit more smart than that. You know, it's like, if you can celebrate, yes, but you got to keep your mask on. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to follow some sort of protocol. And it just but, wasn't a good look. But, but we already know that we live in a world where everybody's not going to do what they're supposed to do. Um, there's people right now that, you know, it's just not going to happen for whatever reason they believe. So, um, at this stage, like uh, to be honest, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I can honestly see them not doing anything. Um, maybe hold a minor celebration with family and friends, but it won't be as point to where they include in the fans at this stage. Because eventually they're going to have to celebrate the team because eventually. Some way, shape, or form, that team is not going to be the same team once free agency hits. And that's on both teams. They could do it on twenty twenty one. You know, hey, <laughs> you know, after the after the fact, once you won, and you know, a, a parade has come or hasn't come, as long as that player who's no longer with the team got their ring and they check, I could really think they can get two rats asses about a parade. <laughs> you so, made it. Man, true. I guess they better hope that um one of the um 
teams out in LA win. <laughs> the NFL team. So that could be they can keep that energy alive, even though I don't see an LA team um winning the Super Bowl. Neither do I. <laughs> I, I do see a possible Tampa team though. And that's a hell of a segue into the NFL. <laughs> so yeah. Let's talk NFL. A B and company. T B Tampa Bay. Oh, it's about to get real ugly. God, I I know I warned y'all about this. I was sick and tired of hearing this in New England, but now I'm getting sick and tired of hearing his ass in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I warned you about this. When you asked, uh, think about it, a couple of months back, I said, when we talked about AB, I said, don't be surprised if he goes to Tampa Bay to be with his friends. He's in his friends. <laughs> After all that crap, Arians talked about in the beginning of the season. Nah, we don't need him. Nah, receiving cores, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, because Tom Brady, you know, I guess because he's God and everybody has their knee cap, you know, their knee pads around him. So when he speaks, you know, they they cup him and make sure he's warm and do what he says. You know, it's just just this really crazy. I why couldn't Seattle just get AB? Life would be so much easier. <laughs> And, and they were trying. Um, Russell Wilson was singing his praises. God, I tell you. I it's mean, nuts, I, <laughs> look, I mean, um, you said it right. I mean, Bruce Arians a few weeks ago said he didn't want he didn't want to really have any parts of him. And then, you know, Tom Brady says, I need this guy and probably went to the owners and said, if you want me to deliver a ring, I know this guy can help it. And went over top of Arians head and Arians got told to you know fall in line (laughs) (laughs) next thing you know it they're talking to AB and he's bringing them on and I think you know we all knew that eventually a talent like AB was going to wind up somewhere um I'm wanting him in in New England and it didn't work out because he couldn't keep his mouth shut um and you were the organization that prides itself on not letting anything out I'm a little worried about he's not going to really keep his mouth shut down in Tampa Bay, an organization that's not as tight-lipped and as controlled as the um the New England Patriots. So I'm pretty sure Brady must have had a conversation with him, like, look, man, I need you. This is going to be the last chance. You need to just come in, play football, and leave all that other stuff, you know, don't fuck it up. Because after this point, that's it. <laughs> I guarantee they got something in this contract. <laughs> Say you open up your mouth, you're gone. And he got a lot of bills he got to pay, so I'm sure he needs uh, he needs them coins. <laughs> but we all know that this this did not happen without you know Tom Brady, you know, pushing for it and saying and saying he's going to you know he'll probably be the one responsible for it. I give him four weeks. <laughs> I give him four weeks. Four weeks. I, I give him four weeks. I give him just about enough time where he starts to do right. It's by week three, he'll be the primary receiver, and then something goes wrong. And then 
eventually he gets let go. I give it four. Nah. I would be shocked if he stays remainder on the team. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I would be shocked if he stays on this team at the end of the season, even though that year he only has a year contract. I would be shocked. Because if he does and he proves that, you know, he's learned his lesson, then that's a different ball game. This is more of a question of whether or not he proved that he learned his lesson and everything is all good. But the point is, is that at the end of the day, like you said before, people get so many chances that, to the wazoo, it's not even funny. Like the NFL is just the open season of, of open chances at this stage. Anybody can do anything at this stage and still get a chance to come back and play. I have to believe that AB is on a very small contract right now. And I would have to also believe that he's on a show it, prove it type of deal. So I think he's going to do whatever he needs to do to make sure that he is still AB so he can secure a nice big check for maybe a nice sizable check for a two to three year contract <laughs> where he can get paid his guaranteed money and then maybe screw it up after he's, he's secured his guaranteed money so then he can ride off into the sunset. I don't think he's going to screw it up this time because oh. he knows this is his last straw. Well, okay. He fucked it up. He fucked it up with the Raiders. He had two <laughs> days to keep his mouth shut, and he would have got like twenty plus million dollars guaranteed. And he could have, you know, fucked it up and walked and still kept his money. He couldn't keep his mouth shut for two days. I think that was deliberate. I think he really wanted out. I think he really wanted out because he wanted to go to Tampa Bay. He Good. was traded. He was traded to, uh, to L.A. at that time. He didn't want to go to L.A. He was traded. He really wanted to go to Tampa. I mean, not, I'm sorry, New England. Because he Good. wanted to go to Tampa. But he did shut, get your money, and then go. <laughs> but, and not only that, he was in New England. So it's not like it wasn't like there's no excuse at this stage. It is no excuse at this stage. If he wanted to be in New England, he could have done everything that they told him to do, and this would not be an issue. But yet, he couldn't even do that. So... I don't – this is why I, – I know what you're saying. I, he, he made self show and prove, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not buying it after this New England thing. Now, if he did – if this was prior to the New England, yeah, I, I would agree with you. But I, I, I just don't see it. But you have to understand, I think – I don't think it was so much that he was talking when he was in New England. I think that was that sexual harassment uh, – sexual harassment case came out when he was in New England. And New England was like, nah, I don't need no parts of this. So you think it was more about the, the sexual harassment case? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he wasn't it, talking. Well, it was, no, no. He didn't talk publicly. What happened was the case was was coming out, was pending. The girl made the charges. And New England was like, just keep quiet. You know, let us deal with it and just play football. But, oh, no. He had to go there and start texting the girl and start sending her threatening messages. And then she posted that. At that particular point, it was like, what the? They had to cut him. They exactly. knew about it. They knew what was going on. They just told him just to keep your mouth shut, get on the field, let us handle this, and let it all blow over. But he had to text the girl and send some threatening stuff. And at that particular point, they had to, you know, Bill Belichick said, cut bait. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. But it wasn't his physical mouth opening saying some crap like he was in L.A. and after post-New England where he's talking all that BS. 
throwing furniture and stuff. <laughs> well, that was after, but yeah, this was the Twitter fingers. <laughs> Twitter fingers. <laughs> Same man, the social media get get many a man messed up. <laughs> many, many a man caught up in some bullshit. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Sliding into not moving away from the NFL, but just sliding into a particular comment to a potential overall number one first round draft pick. And his comments about his possible NFL future kind of raised some eyebrows with some pundits and some news media folks. They went and said, he went, Trevor Lawrence, from the quarterback from Clemson, in the beginning of the season, you know, pretty much made it known that he proposed to his girlfriend and got engaged and was ready for the NFL draft. So now we're into week seven of the NFL draft, and lo and behold, uh, both New York teams are sorry as hell, and it looks like the Jets are the sorriest of the sorry, and look to be having the number one overall pick right now. And Trevor kind of, in his latest media uh, appearance, kind of backtracked ever so slightly. Maybe he didn't backtrack. Maybe he just did a little, you know, two-step juke to the left and then turn it back and did a little half spin and went back right. It's kind of to avoid uh, a, a bit of a conversation, but pretty much saying that, you know, yeah, the NFL, you know, I'm just enjoying my time in college. And whether I go this year or I stay in college, you know, we'll just revisit that time when the time comes. But right now I'm just enjoying my time and just having fun with the guys. So everybody in the media went crazy. So E. What's your take on this? Do you believe that he is just feeding the media with a bunch of crap? Or do you really think he's serious enough to sit there and say, you know what, the hell with this, I don't want to go to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just talk. Um, probably just feeding the media. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, you know, if, you know, Season were, season we're in today, just out the number one pick. Now, that's not to say that's going to necessarily be the case at the end of the season. Um, I mean, because you got, you know, the Falcons have one one game, Giants one one game, Jags, um, Texans, even though I don't believe the Texans will draft a QB, um, Vikings, um, right. Cincinnati, <laughs> Dallas could be interesting if, if that shit keeps sinking. Um, if I'm Dak Prescott, you better pray that if they win some games and don't come and don't be in the top pick for the um for the draft, because I believe Dak Prescott will get will that will be um, end of the um day for Dak Prescott. But however, I thought it was funny. I mean, Hypothetically, if the Jets get done one pick, do a Eli Man and just say, I'll, I don't, I don't want to play for you guys. Trade me to someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> do a Eli. <laughs> I agree, but then he's still got to have a trade partner that's in the top of the. Uh, I wouldn't say they have to be in the top of the, uh, the, the class, but who would trade for him? The Giants? Does he want to go to the Giants? <laughs> Giants need needs, so they can't give away what they <laughs> But you'll have some takers out there. You have a lot of takers that will be willing to trade to get that, you know, to get um, a crack at the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. But but like I said, I, I find it funny. I mean, 
he don't want to play for the Jets, but he's going to come out. And because that's a lot of money that you're risking by basically going back in and you, you might wind up like how Tua did or how, um, uh, can't think of his name from, um, USC that went back, um, after winning the Heisman, they lost to, um, Texas in the, um, Oh, uh, Carson Palmer, not Carson Palmer. Um, the quarterback after him, um, he got drafted by the Cardinals, but oh, Liner, Liner, yeah. Well, Liner was was slated to be like possibly number one pick, and opted to come back for his senior year to run it again, and it almost got over, but they lost to Texas, and he lost some, uh, and he didn't win the Heisman that year. But if I'm Trevor Lawrence, you come out, you secure that bag. He's going to be number one, um, even though some people are saying that Justin Fields. It's a good guy, but I don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks. But um, nevertheless, <laughs> I found it hilarious. I, I agree. I think I think Trevor's going to come out, embrace that New York spotlight. You know, he's going to be Sunshine 2.0. He's going to go out there and he's going to push Sam Darnold. Uh, for the job, that's if and that's if they get the the Jets get the pick. I think I think they're gonna take. I I think purposely they're gonna keep Gase just so they can lose because they know he's some shit, <laughs> and then just get rid of him once he's done. You know, because Gase is just a dead man walking. Like he ain't got he ain't coming back. I I, I said it before and I said it again. I heard rumors that if there was a possibility. I forget who – oh, it was Jacksonville at the time, actually. But Jacksonville is actually playing – even though they're losing, they're still playing some halfway decent uh, Minshew ball. But um, I still think it's going to be a two-for-one a, a two two, uh, two deal. It's going to be the number one pick, but they're going to get Dabo included with, uh, with Trevor Lawrence. And what they're going to try to do is try to run an NFL-style-based Clemson offense. In other words, they're going to try to run a college college offense, but make it pro ready, I guess you could say, so that it can still have some NFL philosophies, but in a sense, make it real easy for Trevor Lawrence to understand and, and be successful right out the gate. You heard it here first, October 28, 2020, bookmark it. I wouldn't bet on it, but you could bookmark it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was playing catch up on what y'all was talking about. Trevor Lawrence, where he's going to be. The fact that he don't want to go to any New York teams is, is, is still funny to me. But well, he didn't say any. The, 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 the assumption is the Jets because they have. <laughs> They were right now would have to number one pick. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I don't blame them. I mean, it's not really because of that. It's overall the Jets, whether it's management. Um, they really have to get themselves together. Um, the last couple of seasons, even with picks, um, haven't really played out, especially with quarterbacks, haven't really played out. Even though Sam Darnold is still in progress, um, it just seems that overall management doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, so I could honestly see Trevor Lawrence 
not want to be in that position where he is set up to fail with the Jets. Uh, because if he does go there, he will be set up to fail. They're not going to do anything to protect. They're not going to do anything to nurture unless they do something extremely out of the ordinary where they hire someone that is for list that is very good offensively. It's not going to matter at this stage. So I think that I, I don't have a problem with him, you know, deciding if he wants to go back and play or not at this stage. Finish it out and to see what the season is. If the Jets are really the worst team with the, you know, and has the first pick. And if he says, you know what, I'm going to decide to stay back in school, so be it. It is what it is. The only thing that would be funny is if the Jets are that bad for two years in a row and they still end up with the first pick, not just in 2021, but or not just in 2021, but 2022 as well. So yeah. I digress. <laughs> yeah, you can wind up with, you know, you know, going back and coming back out and having an even a worse situation than the Jets and, you know, it's a couple of teams out there that's that's our our best up. Um, but back to your theory, Ace. I could, I mean, wait, 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 the Cardinals. Before, I'm sorry. Before you before you answer that, but he could pull a Eli and prefer not to go to that particular team at this stage. So that is another option. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I did mention that he could say do a pull of Eli and you know for you know force the trade. Um, but um, but what he said, you know, you know, the Cardinals did set the president. I mean, they had Josh Rosen and they had, you know, Steve Wilkes as the coach. Um, it wasn't that Rosen was was terrible. He just when he got put in there, the squad, the team wasn't really that good. And then they got the number one pick and then they got rid of the coach. Um, they brought in Cliff Kingsbury. They got Kyler Murray, and then we saw how it was clicking. It's not that far fetched. I just don't have faith in the Jets actually being able to lure Dabble out of Clemson, even if Trevor Lawrence is there. I get you, but at this point, Dabble's what won three national championships. He's been on top of the world for at least. Regardless if he won the championship or not, he's been in the NFL, you know in the uh, the bowl the bowl playoffs for the past five years. He's five or six years won three championships. Uh, he's been in the mix about the last couple of years. Yeah, either way, maybe at least four, four to five. Yeah, he ain't got nothing else left to prove unless he wants to sit there and go to another top program that's down and try to build it up to win championships there. He has nothing left to prove at the college level right now. This would be the perfect time to poach him, take him to the NFL, let him get his feet wet. If he pans out, he pans out. If he doesn't, trust me, a college team will snatch him, snatch him back up in a heartbeat, and he'll do exactly what he did with Clemson. He'll bring them up from the ashes and probably get them to, to the mountaintop in so many years. Uh, this, this would be a perfect time for an SEC team to uh, snatch him up. Right. If he were to, yes. If I, if, it would. If, I, if I was to, it was funny because uh, Joe made a comment about um, Greg Schiano saying, know your limitations. <laughs> <laughs> you saw him flame out. You saw a couple of college coaches flame out. You saw the great Nick Saban go to Miami, did a two-year stint and ran back to the SEC. So um, if I'm dabble. 
unless you get a the or unless you can trust the organization's going to be behind you and the Jets, I don't have any faith in them. Uh, if the Jets came a calling, I probably would say no. But let's say hypothetically, the, well, not, the Falcons. Let's say the Falcons got it because the Falcons going to need a new QB and they're going to need a new coach. Matt Ryan is out there, whether it's going to be next season or season after that, and they have no coach. If Atlanta gets in a spot, I would trust them more to be able to pull Dabble out there and get him and Trevor Lawrence, and they still have some good pieces there, um, a lot more better pieces than the Jets. The Jets is a complete overhaul. And if I'm Dabble, I don't want to go to a complete overhaul I mean, Cliff Kingsbury got lucky because the Cardinals wasn't as a complete overhaul um, when he got there. I mean, you had to get some pieces and he got lucky with getting, you know, you know, Andre Hopkins there and you got some, you know, able to get some good um, talent there. But I, I see what you're saying, Ace. And if someone is smart, they can do that. But like I said, I just don't, if I'm him, if it's the Jets, I wouldn't go there. If it was the Falcons or somebody else, I consider it, but not New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, the Jets are in a position where they're they're in no position at all. Whatever things that they need to do, it has to be incremental, and they haven't even done that yet. So at the end of the day, they haven't proven themselves to even make a turnaround at this stage, which is unfortunate because it's been going ongoing for the last decade or so, at least. Not even a decade. I'll say at least six, seven, six six years, six, seven years, five or six. I would say five. I would say five because they did get to the playoffs with, um, with, with, Rex Ryan. and yeah, and Rex Ryan too. So I would say this: they're not that far off, but right now they're at the low. They're at the low of low at this stage. And to be honest, like I said, the incrementals, they have to do it. They have to progress each bit by bit. But management hasn't done anything where I can honestly say that people will put amount of, a good amount of trust in. But if the Jets were smart, if they wound up with that number one pick, they don't have the balls to do it. They need help all over the place. You could trade down a little bit. Um, get a couple of picks, maybe trade down enough where you can get Justin Fields or, I mean, they're, they're hyping that kid up from North Dakota State. Um, they're saying he, he's pretty good. Maybe you trade down and and get a, and get a, grab a haul for that and maybe start your reclamation project and maybe you get a year or two jump, but they don't got the stones to do that. And I think most people would probably tell them not to do that. If you get the number one, you get the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but they could do that and get a heck of a – and could they get a, um, a King's Ransom for that number one pick? True. True, true, true. Uh, well, I guess we still got plenty of time to sit here and explore those scenarios. Clemson is just in the – just getting their feet wet with their season. The NFL is only halfway gone. The Jets ain't going nowhere, though. That's <laughs> true. Lumping um, the Giants, too. Yeah, at least the Giants played competitive shit. You know, at least at least you can give them E for effort. You know, the, what the hell do you give the Jets? Uh, beside an F. 
<laughs> you know, would you give me incomplete? <laughs> you said incomplete, just an NC. <laughs> you know, give a pass down. <laughs> Is it too late for them to drop the class? <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> Get a withdrawal. <laughs> we, we, we opted out this season. <laughs> too late. <laughs> you already in. Yeah, I don't know, man. This they're they're horrible. They are horrible. But this staying with the NFL here for a minute. We gotta we gotta talk about our man Cam. Um Cam obviously, you know, came out the gate blazing with New England, led them to a 3-0 start. Uh they got COVID. <laughs> Had to miss two games. And then the last two games, my man played like pure doo-doo. Uh, it's like it's almost a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of type type of cam. It's like you got the good cam, then you got the absolute worst cam. What, what cam do you think we're going to see moving forward? Is it because he's trying to put so much pressure because of the legacy that he's following maybe? You know, it's kind of hard to follow in the footsteps of a goat. And being that they ain't missed the playoffs in 20 years, and, you know, that's a lot to, to be that next guy to follow up. So I wonder if he's really just pushing himself and pressing himself too hard to do things that he's doing things outside of the offense is allowing him to do. Or is it that Cam is just done? I mean, what, do you, what do you guys think? I don't know if I'll say Cam is done, um, but he doesn't look like he's well, 100%. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, you know, following a legacy like Tom Brady, you know, that's that would be tough for anybody, no matter who that person is. Um, you know, at least, however, Cam doesn't have the same squad that Tam, you know, that Tom Brady had. You had a couple of your top defensive players opt out of the season. So you're missing three key defensive players. He doesn't have a Gronk. Um, you don't really have any good wide receivers that can really stretch the field. And it's still running back by committee and not even the same running backs by committee that you had last year. So, I mean, all in all, you know, Cam is not dealing with even the same squad that Brady had last year. Um but, however, you know, you got to play with what you got. And he just – it's sad. I mean, it's sad to see that player that was the MVP of the league that took his team to the Super Bowl and came maybe a player or two away from actually winning the thing. Um, but he just – I don't know if he's not well or maybe the he just hadn't – he needed more time to get himself acclimated to the, to the offense because, mind you, he didn't start in, the, you know, whatever training camp they had. He came in, you know, later on – and then got thrusted into the starting lineup. So I think it's probably a combination of maybe not being fully 100% from COVID. Maybe the injury is not a fully 100%. And maybe just him not having enough time to get himself fully acclimated with the offense. But I'm not, I'm not, I think he'll probably eventually get himself righted. I'm hoping so. But like he even said it, if he plays like doo-doo, <laughs> It's going to be a, it's going to be a permanent change, and right. if that's a permanent change for him, then his 
time in the league, I think, will come to an end much sooner than he would have than he would than he would like. Yeah. Um I think also you have to factor in that um well these past couple of games he did play against the 49ers and um the Broncos. Um this uh, right now I think it's like you said smooth is about being acclimated. Um still a new quarterback um with the Patriots. These next two games though is going to be definitely telling because the Bills and the Jets are next on the radar. So right. the way the Bills is playing right now, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be able – you know, it all depends. If you catch them in the right time frame, you could give the Bills another loss. So with that being said, and you have the Jets. So these two games is going to be very important, and it's going to be telling to see where Cam Newton stands. I think that that's where your evaluation is. If he stinks – I mean, well, I'm not going to say stink up, but if he – doesn't produce in these next two games, then I can obviously see a change at this stage um, because the AFC East is not at a position where, you know, one team is still dominating at this stage. It's still a free-for-all. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots evaluate these next two games with Cam at the helm to see exactly what he can do. And if he produce, so be it, they'll move on. If he doesn't produce, then they'll replace him. So, I think that this is their evaluation period at this stage. I, I agree with both of you. I agree. Um, bottom line is, let's not forget that Cam did have COVID. Not using that as an excuse to uh, to limit his play, but you know it may have had some small of adverse effect of why he might not be. He might seem sluggish or a little winded or his play may not be up to par, you know, because he might have rushed back a little too soon to get back onto the field. Um, but the bottom line is, like Al said, you know, the Bills are the Bills are good. The Bills are kind of slipping a little bit. They can catch that. That's a nice little punch them in the, you know, punch them in the face real quick. You can snatch that win. And there's no reason why Cam shouldn't just have a nice, easy game versus the Jets. You know, get them two wins. Now that puts them back at five and four. That puts them squarely back into the race. Um, Actually, I'll put them at four and four or two wins. They're two and four right now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that'll be a nice little smooth transition to get them back to 500 and possibly back into the thick of things uh, in the AFC East. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't count Cam out, uh, but he definitely got to step his game up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be telling. I mean, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, like you said, they're, they're, they're top of the division. They're good. Maybe not, you know, as good as people might advertise, but that's going to be a tough game. If he's able to play well and get a win there, that that will go a lot and maybe starting to change the narrative. But he has to, you know, but he has to keep, keep that up. He has to show consistency. If he comes out there, a Buffalo, and has a, another stinker, I'm afraid they're going to just run with Stenham for the rest of the season. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And then, and then Cam, if he wants to continue to play football, he, he just has to assume the – the, the coveted backup role 
and uh, the clipboard and the and the hat. And the hat. You know, you just got to you got to be humbled and wait your turn to uh, to finally get another shot if the shot comes to, uh, comes your way. And I think he I think he got humbled by this process. Um, I think, uh, you know, but I think this will probably sting a little bit more. I mean, you know, if you can't, you know, get it there and you don't play good, you know, in New England. I mean, expectations are high, not as high as they have been in the past couple of years. But if, you know, if you weren't able to cut it with, with, with Belichick, you know, you know, that's going to hurt. <laughs> right. <sighs> well, anything I seem to be missing here? Uh, NBA is done. Major League Baseball is done. NFL is NFL. Rockets got their new head coach. Oh, yeah, it's a black dude. Never heard of him. What's up? I, saw, I saw that. <laughs> Steven Salas. He's um, the son of Scott um, Rich. Paul Salas. Salas. Paul Salas, thank you. Huh. Didn't I know he was a Negro? Nice. Mm-hmm. And, and also, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Now I was gonna say also, Sam Cassell is um, moving over to Philly with to join Doc Rivers. Nice. Ooh. So he's leaving uh, the Clippers. You can tell there's more to it than meets the eye with with the Clippers organization. Huh. So I wonder who Ty Lue gonna snatch up. He should get Wisdale. Tisdale. That'll be a nice little addition. I like him. He got the shaft in New York though. Oh, Fisdale. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Fisdale. I yeah. forgot that. He was- I liked him. Yeah, I, I, I really think if he'd have gotten a shot in New York, he would have got things right, but he just never got that opportunity. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a bad that was a bad situation. And they were expecting, you know, wine and he didn't really have water. <laughs> right. Uh, and also, I want to send a message out to my man, Elton Brand. I know um, the 76ers are going to hire Dow Morey to oversee basketball operations. You're still going to be you're still going to be kept on as a general manager. I just want to say, Elton Brand, you're a dead man walking. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Wait, Dow Morey. <laughs> wait, Dow Morey. Wait, wait, wait. He's going to be part of the Sixers organization? Darryl Moore is going to be brought over. They're in discussions right now finalizing the, the deal, I believe, um, if it's not finalized already, to bring Darryl Morey to oversee basketball operations. Um, well, wasn't he with Philly at one point? Oh, no. Uh, no, he's, no, he's been with the Rockets for like 10, 10 years. Oh, that dude. Oh. Yeah, Darryl oh. Moore, yeah. And Elton Brand was the GM. And he's going to stay on that role for GM, but I don't believe he's going to be on that GM role <laughs> much longer because it looks like they're cleaning house. You got you got rid of the coach, you bring in a new coach, you bring in Dow Moore to oversee basketball operations. The only person still l- lacking behind is Elton Brand, and I believe Elton Brand is going to probably be going. Um, if not midway of the next season, by the end of next season. And you hear it first, I guarantee you, either by trade deadline or by going into next season, either um, Ben Simmons or Embiid will not be with the 76ers, if not both. 
So they went ahead and trusted this process and they're going to blow it up just like that. Doc will know pretty prop, prop, Doc already probably has an idea of what he can and can't do with the squad. He'll know within the first by time you start the game and going into the first you know month of the season what he can work with and what he can't. And trust me, him and Daryl Morey coming into overseas basketball operations, they're gonna they're gonna switch things up and clean house. Somebody's going, one of those two players. And if I had my money guess on it, I'll probably say Embiid. Why would you get big? Why would you get rid of the, the guaranteed score of the big? Because because you can get more for him on a trade deadline. You can get with Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is limited with his jump shot. I don't know about that. Well, Ben Simmons can play that low post game. About, um, I, nice. I don't know about that, Smooth, because if I'm a team, I would probably look at a package deal. If I'm looking, I would probably look at a package deal somewhere, including Ben Simmons and Al Horford. That would be more intriguing. Um, well, anybody want to take on that Al Horford contract? Because 76ers is good. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and the 76ers would get rid of Al Horford in his heartbeat. To be honest, I don't Whew. know why he signed with them to begin with. But they paid him a lot of money. I don't know if, you, if anybody going to want to. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you package that with Ben Simmons, that would be a lot more intriguing to players, I mean, to teams than just Embiid himself. Don't get me wrong. I get where you're coming from. But if, I mean, if, I think that there is a better deal to be had with Ben and Al Horford package together. Maybe, but if I'm, if, if, if you coming in there and the Sixers saying both players are on a table, who would you want more? It depends on, well, knowing me, it'd be depending on what the package deal includes. Yeah, but if, <laughs> but if, let's good. say, but package aside, if, if they came out and said, you know, both of these players, you know, are on the table, who would, who, who would you be more willing to go to, to give up to get? Embiid is proven to be better. I mean, would be the idea by himself, he was carrying games when Ben Simmons was injured before he even stepped out on the court. So I would prefer Embiid over Simmons. True. And like I said, they'll, they'll probably keep it. They'll probably keep Embiid. But if I had to go in there and shake things up, I'll be more prone to get rid of Embiid because I think I can get more return on my investments with Embiid now as opposed to maybe Ben Simmons and Al Horford a little bit later. But sure. I, 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 I see you coming from. Yeah. True. Yeah. So my man Nelton Brand, and that's a dookie. And <laughs> you know, they don't tend to do very well in the leagues. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually like Elton Brand. He's actually a good player. And you know, I thought he was doing a, a fairly good job with the Sixers up until JJ Reddick and Al Horford money. But you know, prior to that, I thought he was he was doing a pretty good job of assembling, you know, that that squad. I swear to you. That squad is all right if they can just get a shooter or two. <clears throat> I know they're hard to find. I know Miami lucked up on two of them. They did their homework. <laughs> but that's the scouting, though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, right. That's the scouting. Like all jokes aside, Philly is not best when it comes to scouting. They take the proven players. They'll have the top picks, 
So they'll go by whatever everybody else decides. But as far as the team building aspect around, like the scouting is concerned, they should already know that they needed shooters when JJ Redick left. And to be honest, they quite they didn't really replace him at all. I mean, I know they brought in Josh Richardson um, as from Miami and everything like that, but he's not really a, a lights out shooter like a JJ Redick or like a Tyler Hero or a Duncan Robinson. Shoot, um, so, this is this is trying to get Re- um, JJ Redick back. <laughs> and he is a free. I think he is a free agent. As a he is a fact. free agent. The question is that are they even really going to even call? Like that's really what the bottom line is. They know what their bread and butter is, and now that Doc is back is in the he- on the helm of things, like they should already know what their bread and butter is. The question is what is it that they're going to do, and if it's going to be enough. So, mm. so uh, I have a question for you. If you were the Brooklyn Nets GM, would you part ways with Spencer Dinwiddie and whatever player that you think for Ben Simmons? No. Eh, wait. Eh. <laughs> wait a minute. Let me think about this. Let me think about this. Spencer Dinwiddie and a player to be named for mm. no, no. I, it was it would be intriguing. I would need to hear the whole detail. I can't do it just off of Spencer Diddy and Spencer Dinwiddie and a player. Well, I mean, the only reason I said a player to be named is because I don't really know the next roster like you would. Yeah. But if you could pick Obviously, you could pick go down the roster, obviously, but it has to kind of match the salaries, from my understanding. But you had to get somebody to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. Who would you be willing to part ways with to get Ben Simmons? Because that's an imposing roster, putting Simmons out there with KD. No, that, and, it is intriguing. Don't get me wrong. So Kyrie, Ben Simmons, um, KD, DeAndre Jordan mix would sound very intriguing. And if you throw in Karis LeVert in the three. So that would be very intriguing as well. Did you give up that rookie? Was it the rookie? rookie? That, Jared it, Allen? No, no. The, the, kid was, the kid that was leading you guys in points during the, the rubble. Oh, um, TLC. <laughs> um, whew, ah, yes. Uh, uh, I, I mean, Simmons is only a couple years older. It's not like it's a, a huge age gap between the two. Yeah, no, but I, I I really have to say that I really see him progressing to be an up and coming star. So for me, that would I would so I probably would have to give him up. Um, mm. I would be I wouldn't do it, but I probably would if if that was an offer of no, no. Actually, I don't know if I would because that would deplete the bench. And all jokes aside, well, then again. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's something I would have to sleep at night to think about. I'm not even going to front. That's something I, that's an overnight thinking right there. I wouldn't, I mean, personally, I wouldn't do it, but. <laughs> but but you got to, I mean, Ben Simmons is only, what, 20, 25, 26? Yeah. If that. Yeah, but I mean, all right. So if, and theoretically, you would do that. So you're going to have Katie at, at, at the three, Kyrie mm-hmm. at the, you have uh, KD at the four. 
I'll do a death lineup. Do KD at the four, DeAndre Jordan at the five. I have Karis Levert at the three, and um, between Ben Simmons and Kyrie, one and two, because technically Ben Simmons can guard the two. So, and to be honest, Kyrie is a better shooter than Ben Simmons. So, and you wouldn't even need you wouldn't need Ben Simmons to even shoot. No, to facilitate. That's yeah. all I would need it for. Um, I, don't know. I, I don't know, but I still wouldn't do it. I, I, I just not a a, a full fledged believer in. I will tell you this. I, let me. I'm sorry. I, let me change that back. I, if that would have happened under Kenny Atkinson, then I would have really think about doing that because I would think I believe that Kenny Atkinson would have turned Ben Simmons into a, at least a, a decent or average shooter because that would have been the strength of Kenny Atkinson to build his game wherever his weaknesses is. They, he would have built on it to make it at least an average or a serviceable player. So I would have done that. Now, with this day and age, with Steve Nash, I don't know. That would be a head-scratcher for me because I don't know how Steve Nash coaches, if he's that type of player development coach. if So it, it would vary. A lot of stuff would vary off of it. So here's your homework, sir. Being that you have a, a – I'm sure you have a most recent copy of 2K laying around somewhere. In your <laughs> I'm just saying it really. As I – do not have a copy of 2K in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious that if you tried to simulate that trade, would it go through? Oof. Of what? Of Ben Simmons, Spencer Dinwiddie, TLC? Yeah. Most likely we would have to add picks, which I'm not happy about. Um, because you, you already, think so? Huh? Oh, so? yeah, definitely. Philly would never give up Ben Simmons without getting a decent amount of picks in return. He's a bona fide star. But you're getting the, you're getting them with his nice. <laughs> no, no, Philly will not trade Ben Simmons just for Spencer Dinwiddie and TLC, and they will want some picks. They will want some picks for 2025s. They'll it'll be all first round picks. It'll be almost similar to how Boston fleeced us with that KD KG Paul Pierce did. Ah, yes, yes. That's, that's what they would want. They would the want something like that. Of all time. <laughs> Greatest fleece of all, the greatest scam of all time, I tell you. And they still reaping benefits from that shit. But yes, out of curiosity, let's try to stim- I'm just curious. You know, I, I would try it on NBA Live, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll use the NBA trade machine and then I'll let you, I'll send it to you guys on Google. Oh, okay, on uh, ESPN. Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, that being said, I know we've reached our time, you know, but that was that was very enlightening to see uh, Q over here really stumped and stammering over his words because he was really, really, truly undecided about what he wanted. So that was very that much. Was, so. very you, had, you, you had you had him stumped with Ben Simmons <laughs> <laughs> because Ben Simmons ain't no slouch. If that if that fool ever did get a jump shot, jeez, watch out for that fool, boy. And, and I don't and, think you and I don't think he ever will. <laughs> he's moving it, but like the right player development would have done something and built right. off of that, and right. that's where I'm coming from. That needed to be corrected within year one to year two. He couldn't year one. He had the, he had the list right. So uh, when he first came back to start a play, okay. I should say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. He was hurt, but then I yeah. should have been telling you enough already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fellas, it was fun. I think we hit up our time, but you know, before we got before we go, 
we gotta let folks know where to find us. So where can they find out? <laughs> they know where they can find me. They can find me on May in a second, but where, 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 where can they find you at? <laughs> you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram, J.E. Ross, the number seven. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And on a side note, what's crazy about this is, is that Spencer Dinwiddie makes more money than Ben Simmons right now. So Philly would have to give up. Philly would have to give up more. Philly would have to give up more to balance it out as well. It would not just be a Ben Simmons only deal. Can't be making that much more. No, it's um like um Simmons is like eight. I just saw like eight, eight, eight mil, and um Spencer is on his final year of a ten mil. Oh, oh yeah. wow. So you could just get somebody to edge of the bench for, uh, for Philly. <laughs> yeah, they do got some edge of the bench players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I digress. Um, there's still some willing and dealing that need to be done. So, And like I said, main and second. But if you if you don't want to come out due to COVID, um, you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So, folks, we'd like to thank you once again for tuning in. Appreciate all that you guys do. The comment, the love, everything. If you can't find us by now, man, you guys must be under a rock. And trust me, I know y'all internet's working, so you can find us. I'm not even about to begin to talk about where you can't find us. Maybe under a rock. Maybe that's where you can't find us. But either way, find us, listen to us, like us, send us messages, to let us you know, know how you guys feel. But until next time, I bid you a farewell. I'll be the same. Peace out. Shout out to the PHS Class 93. Mm. <laughs> 30 years is coming real quick, son. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs>